This is Amanda. And this is Chris. And this is Vocal Perspective. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Vocal Perspective. We are traveling across the ocean again, which, you know, this is the only time I get to travel right now. But we have a wonderful guest us from the Netherlands today. Her name is Meryl Martins, and she is head of vocal leadership and she does many many other things and we're going to try to include all of that in this episode today but hi Meryl how are you? Hey Amanda thank you so much for that introduction and thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this I'm so honored and I'm so looking forward to talking to you guys about what's happening and what we think about the scene and what is in today and uh, yeah I can't wait to just share thoughts about all of it. And like, let's remember she is like so far away from us right now like we are in completely different parts of our day like it's 2 p.m here what time is it for you Meryl? eight in the evening yeah so she's she has more energy though than we do so i'm trying to figure <laughs> out what we're doing wrong <sighs> well i've been teaching all day so i'm still like on the high oh you're still adrenaline. in the teaching mode yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so well let's get started you do an awful lot what drew you to vocal music and acapella to begin with. Right. Well, I'm a kid of two parents who met in the orchestra classically, so I was raised with music. And then when I started my music education studies, I was 18 years old and the local church choir here was in need of a conductor. And basically they just knew how to sing their songs. So they just needed to have someone to count in and to tell them which song would be sung. That's basically it. So then they said, why don't you do it? I was like, but I don't know how to conduct. And then like, I, th I guess two months later, I was like, okay, this is something that I want to continue with because it, it really touches me. You know, sometimes I get like goosebumps if you guys are singing. And imagine this is like a 25 or 30 people group, very old people that have been singing songs forever. So um, the fact of people sharing vocal music already touched me back then when, when I was 18. And then I started to um, go into this a cappella scene in the, in the Netherlands. And then quite quickly, I started to visit festivals outside of the Netherlands, a cappella festivals. And I was like, wow, so all this stuff is happening here in Europe. I need I... more of that. I want to learn. <laughs> and Europe is such a good place for that, too. I, you know, we have a big scene here in the United States, but the European scene is different and it's bigger in a way that I think is I wish more Americans understood because it's so appreciated there and everyone kind of appreciates each other and learns from each other. And there's so much more collaboration. Well, that might be true. I think it's very supportive, mm -hmm. but we don't have like the college thing that you have in the in the states where so many young people are actually singing and uh, and that's also i guess where it begins so i also envy the scene that you guys have over there in my experience when i was studying and i visited um, europe as I, my time was spent in germany i didn't see the choral music having as much of a push in the schools as say orchestral or band instrumental True. driven at least my friends and so when i would introduce my friends to acapella music from the states they were like what is that amazing thing that sounds like instruments like that sounds like people doing what instruments do but with their mouths like I like this what is this and so I was always shocked and it's sad to, not sad but it's, it's interesting to know that it's still not it hasn't caught up and that it's still kind of being saved for post-collegiate even right I guess you're right but also we're talking about two complete continents right so of course True. there's like yeah. real big differences <laughs> from country to country here in Europe and probably same for you guys yeah, it's different state to state here. Our states might as well be little countries sometimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so your background, you have a lot of conducting experience. And now you are part of vocal leadership um, at the Code Arts uh, Conservatory. So tell us a little bit about that program, because I know we talked to Marlu several episodes ago. Um, it might have been right before you joined, Chris. But she talked a lot about the school. But I want to hear from since you were there from the beginning and, and why you got involved and what people get out of it. Because I... I'm convinced that I need to just move. 
<laughs> well, I think something very special is actually happening here. There's this guy in Denmark called Jim Dalsjanu, and he has been working on, I guess by now it should be like 15 or 20 years, about this methodology or uh, vision for how choir leaders should actually work with their groups. And we're talking about bigger ensembles, so not, not per se like vocal groups, but how can you work with a choir and then have the singers actually take an active part into the decision-making and the music-making, so that it's not like top-down that the conductor decides on everything and the choristers, is that a word in English, will just follow the lead, so to say. So, and then I, after like six years of studying in the Netherlands, I was like, there's more to this outside of the Netherlands. So I took a master's degree with him in Denmark. And then when I was almost finished, he said, hey, you should check out if it would be something for you to start something similar in the Netherlands, because I can totally see you do this. And I've noticed that people in the Netherlands are very curious and they want to innovate. And they're like, uh, hey, where's what's happening? I need to, I need to, you know, get an up update on that. So then I was like, okay, maybe I should. So then I just contacted a few conservatories in the Netherlands, like, would you be interested in a, in like a program like this? And the uh, excitement about that was like incredible. So um, we started, I think, uh, five or six years ago. And of course, the last year was really tricky for us because many students said, yeah, it's not even possible to rehearse with my choirs. So why studying right now? It doesn't make any sense if I can also not try out stuff with my, with my groups. But uh, ap apart from the last year, we've had a huge growth in student numbers and people are actually, it's like a, I don't know how to translate that. In Dutch, we say it's like an oily fleck. <laughs> it's like oil that spreads. Does that make oh, any like sense? Oil, oil slick, maybe? I don't know. I don't know, but it's just a Dutch impression. We You're on say Ukraine. it like <laughs> spreads like wildfire. It's the same idea. It's like it's just keeps it just something's like it. Yeah. Something's yeah. happening where it just right. That was yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So and that's like there's where all of my passions actually come together, because in the first place, like Chris, I was taught to be a music teacher and to just, you know, share the simplest musical ideas vocally with the kids or with people in a playful way, in a positive way, and like where we enforce and empower kids or students or singers to yeah, create their own music and take responsibility for it. It really gets me going. And now I can actually share that vision and that knowledge and those ideas with other conductors. So I can still teach, but I'm teaching conductors to teach and to spread this kind of methodology and thinking. It's like dream scenario for me. You also do all kinds of other conducting. And we just recently got to see you. You conducted all of us in a individual <laughs> singing piece at, at Black Forest. Chris, she was on in between shows. She just came on <laughs> YouTube Live and conducted us all. And I could just imagine that we were all, I was singing in my house and I never follow along, but I was singing with you. Yeah. So I'm I mean, how have your students reacted to the online programs and the, the education that you've had to do during COVID? I know you said it was, it's been a little bit difficult to motivate people, but what kinds of things have you been doing with people to kind of keep them engaged while we wait this out? Yeah, right. Well, the thing that you just referred to, like the open singing kind of thing or the sing-along online, it's one of the weirdest things that I've ever <laughs> done in my life because I was, it was just me in a Zoom session, only me. So I was just watching my own video and uh, I just had to pretend that there was like an, a, a choir and give them like feedback and stuff but uh, anyway it was fun i like to try out those kind of things i've learned so much in the last one and a half years about myself about how energy works about the how energy. all the equipment work you oh know the energy <laughs> go online that is so true. i would lie like, sorry how I, I just realized how much i use
use other people's energy to feed my own when I'm directing. I did not realize how much I was Girton not giving. Yeah. You know, how much I was holding back and I was taking from my participants. I wasn't giving all of the energy I had that I could give. I definitely learned a lot about that. Yeah, I guess what you're referring to is something that we can all relate to in the last year. It's been uh, kind of confronting in a way as well, definitely. And I would lie, you know, if, if I would say that my groups also had the best time all year long and we just only had fun. I don't think it's even possible because we didn't sign up to do, to do this, you know, no one of us. And we're just we're just trying to sit it out and stay like at least emotionally or socially connected so that there's yes. still a group when time is over. Yes. And, you know, and, and the idea that when the time's over, we don't actually know when that's going to be. We know we're, we're getting closer and closer and we hope that there's no more backtrack with new variants and things like that. But we're prepping and we're trying to stay engaged for something that there is no firm day on the calendar. Like, okay, on September 1st, we're all back together. You know, it's it feels yeah. like this summertime between classes where you don't know when school goes back into session. <laughs> So you don't know how to prepare. Well, I must be honest with you that the Netherlands is, um, I guess today we are kind of in a bad situation because uh, infections went up again. But the last weeks, actually, a lot of restrictions were taken down. So I actually performed a concert last weekend. That's so exciting. Yeah, with my group Maze Voices. And uh, we had two concerts with about 70 people in the audience (laughs) in a a 400-seat hall. So obviously they were spread out and there was a walking route and everything. But to, to actually be able to sing for people with like distance in between and we we're mic'd so we can do that wow like tears and chills and everything and i was completely exhausted the day after from just you know all the all the impressions right it's a, it's a lot to take in now you forget you forget all of the excitement of being in a show and yeah the emotions i think we had our first show in the spring and it's it's so much <laughs> <laughs> like I for I, I didn't realize how much this meant to me. Like I know I knew that this was important to me, but I have a new level of understanding of just how important um, not just the music, not just the singing, but the people I get to do it with and the places I get to go and, and the audiences I get to sing for. I have a new appreciation for that. Exactly. And we just took it for granted. Yeah. For such a long time, obviously. <laughs> never never again in, in this. No, degree. no. Never. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully and we never for... have to do it again. <laughs> right. And I guess for many of us it's also a confirmation. Like, okay, I am supposed to do this because it's it's really giving me that kind of satisfaction. So it's the thing that I want to keep doing whenever it is like safe. Yes. Yes. Well, speaking of Maze, tell us a little bit about that group. You've traveled quite a bit with the with Maze. Tell us more. Well, we've only been around for four years, so it's a quite new group. And I just I conducted a few other groups uh, before in the Netherlands. And then I felt like, okay, we are getting opportunities and we're getting like offers to join festivals or to do concerts here and there. But there was always like an ambition ambition gap between the several singers in the group. And then I felt like, wow, what would it be like if we would make a group with people who have like a high ambition and that would be like our common ground. Yes. So there's people in this group from different backgrounds, different ages, different cities in the Netherlands. And the thing that binds us is our ambition. So that's really cool. So it's like when the group gets a chance to do something, then the group as a person actually uh, gets a privilege instead of the individuals in the group saying, yeah, but I don't... 
You know Nothing. what I'm talking yeah. about, right? I mean, I've been in groups like that. And I think it took us a little while to get to the point where everyone was like, okay, we all agree on what we want to do. We all agree on the level of motivation and commitment. And it makes such a huge difference um, as opposed to bigger choirs or where that isn't a standard where, you know, people are like, no, I don't want to do that. And then the whole choir, you know, you just feel the morale in the room just drop. I was actually just sitting here thinking of this from a director standpoint of when I've directed or I've been a part of groups that were smaller maybe or slightly maybe a little too big and you'd have this almost clear split of the people who had a certain ambition and the people who just really wanted to kind of hometown sing be with people who are nearby enjoy and I feel like there's room for both and I think this is a, a perfect opportunity or a perfect example of you know the right people finding each other that at the right time that had that same mindset because I think you can find the people who being close together and singing all the time and being local is really important but then you can find some other people who are like the ambition and the drive and the that's the goals those that's what really motivates us and so you know I've been in groups where it's like a clear split and you're like you guys need to go that way yeah. and you guys need to go that way and you guys are all be so successful yeah, on your exactly. own yeah, you're so right. It's all about expectations. So now whenever people join this group, when we have a vacancy, an opening, it's like we have this these household rules. Like, this is what we expect from you over the year to just make things happen. And then we kind of hope to give um, as many concerts as our calendar will allow us to, to give. We're singing mic'd. We have our own set and we are wireless. So we are 21 wireless mics. That's kind of a... Wow. <laughs> that's, a, that's amazing. We can't even get like six... <laughs> No, it's even, it's not even that. It's five. Wow. Yeah. 21. Well, so I must be honest, Amanda. we have 20 wireless and one wired because the beatboxer is wired. <laughs> of course. Smart. Smart yeah, choice. Exactly. Smart choice. So, and then we have our own sound guy who is there almost all the time for, for rehearsals because whenever you start to sing mic, you know this, like this becomes a part of the artistic vision of your group, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always, when groups are on tour or especially the larger the more complicated groups you know I, I can see a quartet you know especially like in barbershop there's one microphone as long as someone kind of knows what they're doing at the soundboard it works fine but if you develop a sound just using any old sound engineer isn't going to usually be okay it takes something away so does this person do they travel with you do they rehearse like how involved are they in the group it's basically not a member right right perhaps right. even more than that yeah yeah I mean, each individual, all of those 21 people have to worry about themselves and the sound engineer has to worry about everyone. <laughs> yeah, that you're so right. And then there's 21 of us or them, I must say. Yeah. We actually been to uh, the United States. We've been in New York. Yeah. You the... came to Aka Idol for Sing yeah. Strong. Yes. Exactly. I exactly. didn't get to go to that one, but I remember that you, I remember that you guys were here. And that um, was so much fun to travel that far with all of the group. And we have such great memories from that trip. And even like, especially right now in this year it feels like did that actually happen right <laughs> did, did we actually do that I cannot yes. imagine feels like so many buttons reset and i'm like i did there's no way i've done that before and i'm like oh my gosh i did i just did that like three years ago exactly. wow yeah i'm like oh how can i do this how can i travel how can i get my family on an airplane i'm like i guess i've done this before but it feels like i've never done any of these things i feel like i've never experienced some of the things that i know i did but there's this weird gap mm -hmm. but i mean bringing 20 to 23 people across the atlantic coming to a place that maybe some of them had never been before different language different everything what was that experience like you know and preparing to do something like that yeah i guess it's you know we sing together that's kind of what binds us or i just said our ambition 
generation binds us. But if you if you travel, I guess just being together in another place is glue, right? Mm -hmm. The fact that we go to bed together. I don't know if I can say that in English, but you know what I mean. And then we wake up in the next morning and then just like evaluating the hotel beds or something. Like having a coffee and that's that kind of stuff is what brings a group really together, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And the Absolutely. music is the result of that. Yeah. And I think when you have those experiences, the music only gets stronger, I think. Like you said, it's it's the glue. And I know the more some of my groups have had different, like Chris is part of Snow Day, but she's not part of the Snow Day that went to Russia. So that group of five got really close because we experienced that together. So I'm looking forward to now that maybe we can travel again soon, being able to give Chris and this new formation of Snow Day those similar experiences because, yeah, they do change the group it's like this weird it's like a gravitational pull it like pushes you towards your group you know and I feel like I mean I remember when I was a new director and I had a choir I was middle school and they'd be like oh you're gonna take a trip why in the world would you do that and I you know I did stop and think like why why would I take hundreds of middle schoolers to New York City for anything like why would I do this right but then you come back and before you're even out of New York City on the bus these kids are singing their songs and they're like they're they're pushing themselves closer together and now they're bound together by this one blip in their life but they'll it's a part of them and it's a part of my program now and it's now going to affect it's a snowball you know and so I I highly encourage groups uh, hobbyists as well as professional like barbershop groups to do it as well my dad still talks about a trip to England in 1985 and we just watched the VHS tape this past weekend <laughs> right you know and that is still affecting legacies and years and years of groups since yeah then. I actually just got goosebumps when you talked about the kids in the bus oh my god how we miss that and uh, mm -hmm. yes, it's life changing, especially yep. when you're so young. Yep. It's one of the most important things in their development. Oh, absolutely. I, and I'm pretty sure my high school choir was, it was an audition. So we were probably pretty average for a high school choir because anyone could join. But, but man, in my ears, we were the best. Yeah, right. Like, no, <laughs> of course, nothing, nothing. My senior year was the best. Yeah, nothing sounded or felt better. And, and, and in the end, that's all that matters. It really doesn't matter like any nothing else matters is like what did it do for you or the right people who and are you know listening? I've I've gotten to tour all around the world now as a musician and supporting you know supporting other musicians and you know what still stays in that memory is yeah the bus trip to New York City <laughs> with these people that you know sometimes I didn't even enjoy singing with because some of them couldn't keep a pitch <laughs> but I'll always remember those trips even as I take more exciting trips with you know fancier audiences and, and stronger groups yeah and it, I mean it trans into collegiate days for me too we would tour around trying to recruit you know people and so I even look at that you can even look at it as from a recruitment standpoint you can get closer as a group when you're trying to go out and reach new people so looking ahead Meryl so hopefully we we continue on this path of being back together what kinds of things do you have to look forward to as, as we closer? right well um, I'm usually quite active in the festival scene in Europe both a cappella as well as the choral world and we have a few things coming up in the next uh, year like in uh, in Utrecht actually in the Netherlands there will be a festival in summer 2022 leading voices which is the first festival for choir leaders we expect I think about around 300 choir leaders 
members to be there. So that's something new and that's what I like. Like how can we create something that has not been there done before? And um, right. yeah, like the creative processes artistically, like what kind of things is it that we want to showcase or to, you know, present or accommodate for choir leaders? What, what's it that they need to be able to take home to their own choirs? So that's something really cool that's coming up. And uh, I guess apart from that, I don't know what it will be like intercontinentally in the next year. So um, I think all of us were kind of like, yeah, I can put something in my calendar with a pencil and then we'll just see <laughs> if it's possible. We really don't know. So there's a few things uh, that I'm looking forward to with uh, with my group, with Maze. We have a few invitations in, in Europe for, for festivals and there's a few things that I'm going to teach workshops or ateliers in the upcoming year. But I think more importantly is uh, the education that I host, that I founded five years ago, 2016. Yeah, five years ago. We have more students than ever and I'm so happy and so proud that that's actually happening now in the Netherlands that people are really catching up like hey this is something that I want to be a part of and that I need to implement in my style of working because it's all about the singers it's not so much about the conductors and I really love that we are spreading that methodology and that way of thinking like hey don't teach top down just follow me but let the singers really get in touch with their own creativity and that kind of yeah thinking and empowering I think will help our society and our a cappella world in the Netherlands so much so I'm very much looking forward to working with many many students in the fall I always envisioned a director for any group being the same as a m director for a movie you know the director in a movie doesn't get up there and act for the mm -hmm. actor you know they don't say the lines they probably can't <laughs> and if they would never even get hired for it right and so like they're only as good as the leadership coming from the stage and it, if those actors take charge and they take control of the scene it's only that much better and so I can only imagine that that approach from a musical standpoint as well would just be all winning <laughs> so I'm so impressed I think I mean I don't know why it's taken us all this long to really I mean maybe it hasn't and maybe many other people are like oh I've yeah. been doing that forever but it's not something that people talk about it's they don't talk about that we don't seem to want to give up that pyramid hierarchy you it's know a slow movement structure yeah. we we want that I think it's scary and it's hard but if you think about it you're gonna have a stronger exactly. foundation if you're building your groups on It'll, yeah, you know. it'll take a while. But yes, you're so right. Right? Yeah. Does that make sense? That yes. was like a really cool metaphor from the, the from the movie director. I've actually never heard that one. And I've also never used that one. But it's really cool and it makes a lot of sense. I usually use the soccer coach. Yeah, well, that and that makes sense too. Because that one coach and when you've got how many different players in different 11. positions. Yeah, see, I don't play soccer, <laughs> see? And so the thing is, is when you imagine 11 different people who have 11 different jobs and that one person is controlling all of them. Them, but if those 11 people want to do their jobs how they want to do them, they're going to do them. And is it, what? what's yours? The yeah. coach cannot kick the ball for them, oh, right? Yeah. So they no, actually have to, tell them how. yeah, they actually have to play soccer themselves. And it's the exact same thing with singing. So how come, explain to me, that in, the, in like the conservative way of conducting, we are supposed to sing to a sign that comes from the hands instead of singing together with the other people that are actually singing. If you think about it, it really doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. Yeah. It doesn't make sense logically. It doesn't make sense scientifically either. If you want it to be precisely in time, you would never start with the external. You would never Internal. You would start with the, exactly. the, where it starts. 
Yeah, you would start with where the sound starts. You wouldn't start with where the sound is supposed to watch. Like, no, you. so it's it's up to the originating form of the sound to make the art. It's just up to that one director to be like, okay. Yeah, exactly. But I've had so many really interesting talks and discussions this week because, I'm, like I said, I've been teaching all day and I'm like co-teaching an atelier with two like very traditionally classically trained conductors, two old Dutch men, and I'm like the young girl also in the team. <laughs> and um, we completely respect each other's uh, position and we are learning a lot from each other because in the end it's all vocal music and we can completely relate. And But then we also have talks about interpretation and I can say things in my coaching that are actually a little bit not done with another teacher and vice versa, like to snap along or to do like t -t 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 to the music or to say like, don't conduct, just we want the, the energy to be like in the lower part of your body. And then my colleagues are like, right? <laughs> that's got to be so scary for a director that's been around a lot longer and is very used to the way that things have always been. Perhaps as well, but also like the other way around. Like, And then I can see that they are like doing something very like, no, do it again and do like less or do a little bit of this or a little bit of that. And I can see how much change is actually happening in the sound. And then I'm also like, yeah, that's also like another route to take to precision. So of course mm -hmm. it also works, but we're having a lot of interesting uh, discussions about also about repertoire because some of them are like, yeah, but all of the pop and jazz music, where is like the musical challenge in all that? How do you like challenge yourself? Yeah, that, that's like a question that I genuinely got, but also because of curiosity. Like, okay, I can see that you are, you're a good musician. So how come that you're into this style? And then when I give like a complicated answer, like, hey, for me, music is not intellectual. It doesn't have to be to be good. Exactly. So I can get like goosebumps if I see an African kids choir just grooving and singing and they're like completely in tune with each other compared to, I don't know, whatever famous classical chamber choir singing something very, very complicated with very many words that I don't understand. And that really doesn't touch me in the heart. And that's the kind of that's the kind right. of discussions sometimes that I'm having. And it doesn't mean that it's not uh, just as stellar. Of course. It just means that what touches you doesn't touch everyone else. And that's important to know about your own audience. Exactly. You know, and if you're trying to be all encompassing or if you're even just trying to reach the broadest audience, you can. It's also OK to not touch the broadest audience or reach the broadest audience. You know, it's OK to stay in your lane. Um, and that's what's beautiful, that you guys get to work together and that your students and that anyone who's, you know, getting to work with both directors are are getting double or that much more education. And I think I, I've said this before on the podcast, like change is never easy. It's always necessary and it's rarely comfortable, but it's always something always beautiful. Comes right. And it, it should, perhaps we should talk about movement rather than change. Oh, right? I like yeah. that because change is like scary. Change, change signifies that it's going to be something different, you know, whereas movement signifies that it's like going to just still be what it is. But we take different insights that we got over yeah. the years or we just try to combine yep. and do what feels good. Right. And imagine what your students will be later on, because we don't want to create students to be a mirror image of ourselves. So I don't want to teach a student and say, go be exactly the way I am. So when they're getting input from two different views, two different perspectives, then they get to shape that however they want. And I think that's that's really exactly. Cool. I'm learning so uh, much this week did, yeah. with all of this stuff happening. Did you guys see the quote, imitation <laughs> is the sincerest form of flattery, right? But did you see that there's I don't know if you're familiar with that statement I'm not. Um, in Europe, but like it's so it's a quote 
but what's interesting is that there's the the rest of the quote because we <laughs> use it here in the United States. We say imitation is the highest form of flattery or the highest form of a compliment. Biggest compliment. The biggest yeah. compliment you could get is somebody imitating you. And we've actually taken the quote completely out of context because what it how it ends and I wish I could find the exact thing was that imitation is the highest form of flattery that like somebody else doesn't have a, an original idea or that they don't have they, that they can basically profit off of something that you've already done. Like it's the highest form of basically them stealing what you can do and showing you that what you did was great and they're just going to profit off of it and kind of, and I'm not trying to take this in a negative tone, but what I'm trying to say is like, I don't ever want you to imitate me as a director or as a teacher. You can take what I've taught you and please, if you feel like it's been useful, use it to all of its glory. But if you take what I've taught and you make it better, exactly. oh man, I'm all I'm all the happier. Yeah, amen. Um, and, and the world of, is all the better. So. Yes, you're completely right. I never feel threatened by somebody who wants to sing Barbershop better than me. You know, like I have two crowns. I don't know if you noticed my crown. I'm, I'm in my closet, Meryl, but like I've won two international competitions in, in acapella. And for the longest time, we would look at our scores and be like, oh, nobody's beaten our score yet. Nobody's posted a better score. And then I'm like, no, like I would be thrilled if they posted a better score because then that means the art form is just like elevating even exactly. more. So come on, like come at yeah. me. Give me a higher score to beat. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah, I guess that's also why they say that, you know, if you're on top of your game or so to say one of the best in your genre that's like the most difficult to stay the best after that like what are you going to do next you always have to push your boundaries and actually do something new do like the next thing and try to go into like yourself like what is it that you want to do where do you want to explore to do something new or like next step right yeah you, you have to live all of the times to be the greatest of all time. Yeah. You can't be the greatest of all time when you're 20. You no, I mean? no, no, no. <laughs> you, you, you can, but you're going to have to make... I mean, unless you're Simone Biles. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, even Simone knows it. Like, to be the greatest of all time, she's got to be the greatest of all time yeah. next year and next year and next year. You know what I mean? So, like, she's never stopping, you know, and she's never stopping learning from other people. And so, yeah, it's it's similar in, in the world of voice. You can't set an end point for yourself, you know. So. And then at the same time, you have to stay close to yourself, right? Yeah. So that's like the balance True. that we're searching for. And don't be afraid to just be exactly. you and be your voice. Exactly. It's okay. Like, you don't have to be everybody else's voice. You get to be yours because no yeah. one else is you. And that's the beauty of what we get to explore every day i i still play saxophone like i played piano but my voice is the instrument that is closest to me and that's that's where my passion is so and your voice is unique yeah no one can sing and interpret the way that you do if you dare to go like deep into your soul find what drives you how you personally connect to a song yeah right absolutely nobody can imitate that they just can't that's the beauty well, of humanity exactly ladies gentlemen and all I am so happy to have had this time with our fascinating guest. Meryl, thank you for being here with us. And I can't wait to meet you in person someday. Amanda yeah. keeps telling me it's going to be in 2022. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to all of my, all of the people that I've gotten to know. feels like a big year for me. I'm prepping. I'm, I'm setting up. So, and for everyone else. We're expecting else, you to come. Oh, I'm in. I'm there. I'll buy my plane ticket as soon as they're released. I've already <laughs> checked. They're not. Yes. Um, just so everybody knows. But for everyone else. We will see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday.